All right, folks. Welcome to episode four of the Audacity Podcast. We have a very, very, very special and important guest today. Um, I would like to introduce you guys to Michael Goosby. How's it going, Michael Goosby? All right, y'all. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do that whole uh, pretend and talk to myself thing. Um, I've had some hard times getting some guests. Um, somebody suggested, "Hey, Mike, why don't you just do an episode just with yourself and see how that goes?" So here we are. Um, a common theme, as you've noticed on the last pr- previous three episodes, I talk about my uh, talked with some close friends of mine, friends that see me through some ups and downs. And we talk about uh, me and how I am today as a sober person. I'm um, be honest with you guys, it's fucking hard and I hate every last moment of it. I'm kidding. I don't. But it is extremely hard. Um, so what I would like to do is I got a couple of songs uh, in here um, that I'm going to play. Um, recovery based. Not really recovery based, but it's about other folks' journeys and sobriety and shit. Um, I would like to talk about them and tell you guys what it means to me. Um, full disclosure, um, they're from white rappers. Um, you may or may not know me on the interweb. I'm talking about how much I hate white rappers because I do. But it's going to be a Macklemore and an Eminem song. And these aren't going to be, this is, I'm not playing Thrift Shop. That has nothing to do with anything. Um, and I'm not playing some weird rapidy rap shit from Eminem. Um, they're going to be songs about their recovery, um, songs that when they came out, I was on some other shit and I liked them, but I was like, nah, this ain't for me, fam. However, now that I do have journeys in recovery, I was like, yo, fam, this is me right here. Um, just all about it. So we're going to get into it. I'm going to play Deja Vu by Eminem first. I'm going to let that shit play. And then we're going to come, I'm going to come back. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I relate to it. And what's going on with me when I hear that? So here y'all go. We have a mid-thirties male found down, unresponsive, possible overdose. This is off his Respirations intubated, and we're back in the now. BP ninety outpatient is cool, pale and diabetic. Has aspirated. GSC is But on this one, he really gets his bag. As I fall deeper into a manic state I'm a prime candidate for the gene to receive the drug addict trait Blood pressure climbs at a dramatic rate I seem to gravitate to the bottle of Nyquil then I salivate Start off with the Nyquil like I think I'll just have a taste Couple of sips of that then I gradually graduate To a harder prescription drug called Valium like yeah that's great I go to just take one and I end up like having eight Now I need something in my stomach cause I haven't ate Maybe I'll grab a plate of nachos and I'll have a steak And you think that with all I have at stake Look at my daughter's face Mommy, something is wrong with dad, I think He's acting weird again He's really beginning to scare me Won't shave his beard again And he pretends he doesn't hear me And all he does is eat Doritos and Cheetos And he just fell asleep in his car Eating three musketeers in the rear seat Sometimes I feel so alone I just don't know Feels like I've been down this road before So lonely and cold It's like something takes over me As soon as I go home and close the door Kinda feels like deja vu I wanna get away from this place I do But I can't and I won't say I try But I know that's a lie cause I don't And why I just don't know Maybe just a nice cold brew 
what's a beer? That's the devil in my ear, I've been sober a fucking year And that fucker still talks to me, he's all I can fucking hear Also come on, we'll watch the game, it's the Cowboys and Buccaneers And maybe if I just drink half, I'll be half buzzed for half of the time Who's the mastermind behind that little rhyme? With that kind of rationale, man, I got half a mind To half another half a glass of wine, sounds asinine, yeah I know But I never had no problem with alcohol Ouch, look out for the wall, aim for the couch, I'm out the fall I missed the couch and down a goal looking like a bouncing ball Shit must have knocked me out cause I ain't feel the ground at all Wow, what the fuck happened last night, where am I? Man, fuck am I hungover and goddamn I Got a headache, shit have a Vicodin, why can't I? All systems ready for takeoff, please stand by Sometimes I feel so alone, I just don't know Feels like I've been down this road before So lonely and cold, it's like something takes over me As soon as I go home and close the door Kinda feels like deja vu I wanna get away from this place I do But I can't and I won't say I try But I know that's a lie cause I don't And why I just so don't So I take a like and it splash It hits my stomach then I Couple of weeks go by, it ain't even like I'm getting high Now I need it just not to feel sick, yeah I'm getting by Wouldn't even be taking this shit if the Sean didn't die Oh yeah, there's an excuse, you lose proof, so you use There's new rules, it's cool if it's helping you to get through It's 12 noon, ain't no harm in self-inducing a snooze What else is new? Fuck it, what, what else is doing? Alright, I'm gonna go ahead and uh Three months later, full-blown relapse Just get high and shit, the kids I'm gonna go hard and let that shit fade out I know y'all listen like, nigga, I don't give a fuck I don't want to hear this shit. I want to hear Mike talk over records. That shit is garbage. But nah, in 2009 when I dropped, um, I was still um, an Eminem Stanley. Um, of course, I was waiting for Mans t- to drop. And, you know, I heard about what he was going through, but I didn't really give a fuck. I was 2009 Mike Game, which is a very different Mike Game from 2020 Mike Game. 2009 Mike Game. Um, managing City Trey Post. Thought I was gonna work there forever. Um, they let me know no um, when they fired me um, for drinking at work, which they couldn't prove, and they let me know that. But they said I was stealing, which they thought they could prove. Um, they didn't prove that I was stealing in the way they said I was. They had it in their minds I was stealing merchandise, and I don't give a fuck. I don't want no goddamn used copy of fucking Fast and Furious Four. Didn't want it. Don't need it. Um, but I was stealing money out the register by doing ghost trades, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Before I Embarrass Myself uh, came out, that was a mixtape I worked on. Um, My favorite tape ever that I made, I'm still chasing it to this day. Um, But drinking pints of Southern Comfort to every single fucking day. Now, kids, some of y'all might be familiar with me during that time frame. And nothing really changed with my drinking between then until when I eventually stopped. Not a whole lot changed, um, volume-wise. But my motivation and the on and off switch did. Um, y'all wouldn't have seen me. I used to walk around with a pint of Soko in my jeans. Um, always had the liquor on Deccanton, shit like that. But, you know, there was always a time and a place for it. Um, but eventually that stopped being the case. Um, I want to say 2013 is when it really hit me. Um, I was engaged to this, uh, woman, um, named Angela. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna use real names out here. These bitches don't give a fuck about your boy. They ain't listening. Um, and 
I tried to commit suicide for like the third time um, by ramming, ramming my expedition into a telephone pole. Um, it was a wooden telephone pole, and the expedition was large. Um, so me going out of that 60, I thought I was going to fly out that bitch, and then my, uh, my truck would just roll over me, and I'd be dead. But it was a wooden telephone pole, so that bitch just fell down. Um, and that started, um, I lost my job at T-Mobile when I was slanging cell phones. Y'all, some of y'all may have been some of my customers. Y'all might remember that, um, back when I was balling and shit. Um, and I spent the next several, several months just drinking all the time. Um, I got fired from T-Mobile for drinking in the break room. Um, I used to drink in my car, but I wrecked my car. I didn't have a car and I couldn't get through the day without drinking. So I just drank in the break room. Natural progression. Um, and then from there, um, I was still living with moms. Um, and I, all I did was drink all the time. Um, I tell a funny story at the podium that during that time, um, I had some real bad anxiety, some weird shit going on where I couldn't leave the house. Um, so I'd have my mom go up to Harry Street Liquor and pick up booze for me. Um, she didn't like it. Um, but I'm an asshole, even in my sadness. So she was like, God damn it, Mike. Now they think that I'm that I'm an alcoholic. I was like, great. Cause they don't think I am. Um, but now nah, I it, it hurt my mom to do that. I know it did. Um, but she was also somebody who was addicted to um opiate pills over the counter shit. Um I'm only actually thankful that my mom passed before this fucking heroin came right back. This dog, I fucking lost my mom watching my mom pop those pills, fall asleep in the middle of the goddamn day with the drawers off. Who knows what I would do if I came in and see my mom banging needles? Probably set trip. Anyways, um, during that time frame, I had a hard time coping with anything. Um, I just stayed up. Um, I w- the attentions were always to drink till I passed out. That didn't happen. I just was up. Um, my mom, being a mom. Um, put some pills on my nightstand and said, take these, you'll go to sleep. I did. Then I learned that when you mix um, Xanax and Lord tabs with fucking booze, it's a great fucking time. Um, and then I spent that whole year with pills and booze, and I was really into lean. Um, back when y'all niggas were struggling for it, I was over there drinking fucking a pint a week. Um, and up until that point, um, if y'all motherfuckers ran into me, y'all would have known me. Be like, yo, I'm not. I don't fuck with drugs in any way, shape, or form. I didn't smoke weed. I didn't do none of that shit. All I did was drink copious amounts of alcohol. Um, didn't know how much my life would change in that time. Um, somewhere along the line, um, I ended up at my ex girlfriend Natasha's house, and that was a fucking fantastically terrible time. Um. I think Yoli saw me when I was over there. Um, again, I need to preface this with the, what I said earlier about me not doing drugs. Anyways, her and these color redacted people um, were smoking marijuana out of a pipe. A little little glass bowl that y'all, it's a bowl, glass bowl. Anyways, um, you know, they was like, Mike, light it from the top. <clears throat> Pardon me, light it from the top. All right, cool. Dun, dun. And then another one came in, looked just exactly like it, but the top was closed, had a little pinhole at the top. So I went to go torch that shit uh, at the top. They're like, nah, Mike, you got to do it under, underneath. I was like, all right, y'all. 
whatever. And then underneath it, fucking did that, took a deep hit like I was uh, doing the weed. I was like, motherfucker, this does not taste like weed. This white motherfucker, Howie, was like, oh, that's ice, Mike. It's like, what the fuck? Like methamphetamines? And I socked that nigga dead in the face. He's like, why'd you do that? I am black. Black people do not smoke meth. Or so I thought. Um, and it just fucked me up. And by then, I was on my second liter of SoCo that day. Um, second liter of SoCo, um, probably um, I was popping the little 2.5 milligram Xanax. The, we call them little blue footballs. I had like a whole bottle of those. I think I took like 12 at that point. So all that meth did was even me the fuck out. And it pissed me the fuck off. Then I had to go back to Luxor, get more booze. And this is a fucking terrible time. And then I was stuck there for a couple days because the bitch fell down her goddamn steps and broke her ankle and shit or something. I don't know. And I stayed that way for a little bit. Um, finally sobered up enough to get a job at AT&T again, slinging cell phones. Um, but by that time, I was drinking and popping pills. Um, ran up on this old white bitch, uh, Angie. Um. She got me, she just was the plug on the pill. So I was just doing that. They fired me. I bet you guys can't guess why. Yeah, nigga, I was drunk at work. Um, and then 2000, telling 2013, um, the Army sent me home from drill um, and told me not to come back. Um, I was jobless already. The Army was like the one thing that I had that as much as I hated it, it was always there. Um, no matter how poor and shit it was, I can count on Army for at least $400 a, a month on that fucking drill weekend. But they sent me home. So I went inside, took, found all my mom's pills, drank them while she went to the store with the friend, homie Krista. Um, next thing I know, I woke up the next day in the hospital. Um... I don't know what my mom, to this day, um, I didn't know what my mom told them. But they told me that I was free to go. Um, they wanted to keep me for observation, but I was not being held there. I had this overwhelming feeling that I need to go home. So I left St. Joe. Um, it's on Harry. And I walked past Harry Street Liquor <laughs> because I had to. Y'all niggas know what's up. Got me a fifth of SoCo. Um... Walked in uh, my mom's back door. My little dog, Bobby Light, attacked me. Um, he had never done that. But I was like, fuck you, nigga, and I kicked him. I'm like, mom, 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 Samantha, where the fuck are you? Anyway, she was in her room, dead as fuck. Um, like, legitimately dead. And I tell these stories, and when I tell other people, I got, like, a little humor about it. Like, I don't make it sound like it's the worst day ever. It fucking was. But that's just me. If you guys know me, I'm a justful guy. Um, So I called an ambulance, uh, got into it with the fucking 911 lady. Um, How do you know she's dead, bitch? I know what dead bodies look like. What the fuck? Um, And I called Tasha. Um, told her mom was dead. She didn't believe me. And then she hung up. And I'm just sitting there. Uh, paramedics came. I'm already drinking. Krista came over to verify it, drinking. Um, my sister come in, fucking breaks down. I'm just drinking. Like, none of that shit was happening. Um, 
And my sister had me move in with her. And that was a hard time for my sister. Um, Cause I was, I wasn't done drinking. Not only was I not done drinking, I was sad. I just found my mom dead. Um, and it was stressful for all parties involved. Her husband um, wasn't her husband at the time, but her husband just got out of prison. So she had that going on. And I was not of any service to her. I was fucking useless. Along the way, um, while over there, I met this sad woman on Facebook. Um, well, she liked me. I wasn't worth shit. Um, first night she came over, she brought a fifth of SoCo and a fifth of Jaeger over because I told her that's what I like to drink. Um, that woman would eventually bear my only child and I would eventually marry. Um, at the time, I saw for a long time, I saw something special in her. And even when we couldn't do this anymore, um, I held on to something that wasn't there. Um, like, she came when nothing, I had nothing going on. She saw something in me. I eventually, it led me to believe that she just found a broken man that she could find and manipulate. That's what she found. I thought I found the same thing. broken A broken woman just that's just as trash as I am. And she, what the fuck she gonna tell me? She the same way. And eventually, me and my sister's husband got into it. And he kicked me out. Uh, she kicked me out. And then I'm back in a place that I didn't think I'd ever be in again. I'd never, I, I visited. It's my first time there. Didn't think I'd be there again. Um, I was homeless. Um, stayed with Yoli at his cousin's house for a little bit. That didn't work out. Um, I had unemployment at times. So I was fucking buying weeks at shitty ass hotels. Um, my dad would send me money. Um, one particular incident at the Pawnee Inn Hotel, um, I had this fucking came up on some pills and of course some booze and, um, she was pregnant already by this time. Um, and I was supposed to go to the first ultrasound, um, and I didn't make it. I was fucking high and drunk, and I, she came back. I missed, I missed her coming, I missed her going. There's a picture of little 80 in her mom's belly, um, and a note written on it that said, um, you're either gonna quit drinking and quit all this or you will never see that kid. <sighs> all right. Um, a couple days later, I moved in to, with my boy Gabe. Me and him sharing his studio apartment at the Commodore. And um, a week after that, I got a job. About a month and a half later, I got us our own place. That baby... At that time, was the key to my sobriety, is what I thought. Um, Tasha was pregnant at the same time. Our babies are two weeks apart. Um, born a year after my grandmother, uh, grandmother, a uh, year after my mother died. 
Um, it all made sense that this baby would be saving me. At the time, I thought my mother was trying to save me through my baby. Um, but her, me and Carrie's relationship was already falling apart before the baby came. Um, and we tried, and I really tried hard um, after the baby came. Um, after AD was born, um, I noticed that um, she was letting me drink a little bit more. And now I'm supporting a family of four. Um, I'm supporting a family of four. Um, she works at Taco J's. She don't make no real money. I make twice. I made twice that. So it was all on me. And I didn't really have the time to drink as much as I wanted to. Um, I could sneak away um, to the homie Patrick's house every so often. Shit, I started the first iteration of this podcast with the homie Ryan. And every two weeks, I can go to his house, do his podcast, and get drunk. Um, but eventually, it didn't take no time at all to be back drinking every day. Um, eventually, at some fucking point, she met this dude from her job, and that dude at her job it was somebody I wasn't at the time. Um, and fast forward to now, I've learned that somebody I was never going to be for. Um... She started cheating on me with him, um, and then I ended up leaving in July 2016. After I already bought the house, I, I didn't give a fuck. I left the house and the car and all that for her and the kids because um, as much as I needed her to be gone, I knew that it would be easier for me to find something to do than to find something for her and the kids to do. Um and I did. I moved in with my friend Melinda. Um, drinking all the time over there. Um, uh, she fucking took my bottle of Hennessy one day. Couldn't find it. And I was like, Melinda, where the fuck is my Henny? She was like, I have it. Yo, let me get it. No. I was like, why? I was like, I'm tired of taking drunk mics to work. I was like, yo, why the fuck you say that? Like, there's more than one mic. Just say me. Because I'm already drunk at this point. Um, Cause I was working at Starwood and I fucking hated that job. I only took it because my previous job was gone uh, for the two months. I didn't have a job between Johnson Controls and that. Uh, the ex-wife Carrie, um, I don't know how she did it, but she supported us. Um, and didn't really make no qualms about it. Didn't raise a fuss about it or anything. Um, she even got money from my dad because my birthday fell between them two jobs. Got money from my dad to take me out. Um, and at that time, I was like, that's what love is. Like, yo, that's ill. Um, I really thought that she was like that family and everything. I thought that's everything I needed. It's what I thought. But it wasn't. I tried to. I got baptized as a Mormon because I thought Jesus is what I needed. It wasn't. It took me a while to find out what I needed. A long while to find out what I needed. So, eventually, Melinda, 
I don't want to say kicked me out, but said I needed to find something else to do. So I did. Moved into the Elms Apartments. It was a one-bedroom quadplex at $375 a month. My pet checks at the Starwood at the time was about eight, uh, about eight, eight a check um, every two weeks. So I was like, I could afford this. And three seventy five is dumb cheap. Eat cheap, even if my ass got fired and I got an unemployment, I could still afford it. We'll get into that in a little bit. But the thing is with Elm's apartment, um, it's the apartments I found my mom dead at, and I'm a fucking genius. I thought I could move there with no problem. But as soon as I was out of, as soon as I wasn't around Melinda and her boyfriend Christian, and I wasn't around family anymore, it was just me in that apartment. I could finally do what I've been wanting to do for fucking years and drink exactly how I want, do exactly what I wanted. And I did. Um. Some of y'all might remember some weird-ass calls or text messages from me. Um, I started getting into the pills again. Swear that the spirit of my mom lived in me. Um, creepy as fuck. Um, Thanksgiving, first, uh, in that apartment, I went to my sister's house for Thanksgiving. That's pretty huge. Um, my dad and I usually go to his favorite bar when he's in town, Bill and Mary's. Um, he had called me. And asked and told me he was on his way. And I was like, all right, bet. By the time he got there, I could not move. I could not walk. I got up. I was like, all right, bet. Let's go. I got up and I fell right back down. And he was like, you can't leave this house. You're not going anywhere. Um, From there, it continued. Later on that year, well, beginning of January, I was helping this 17-year-old kid named Skylar. He's a homeless kid. A uh, homeless white kid that I met at the laundromat by the house. Um, he conned me. I thought he was a really cool kid. Um, I'd let him come over and eat and all that shit. Anyway, this motherfucker had a meth addiction. Um, and knowing what I know now, it, we, me and him would never interact. Um, but he said uh, he used to smoke meth. I was like, all right, man, well, you're doing a good thing, man. I like that used to. Anyways, motherfucker came over one day in the morning, knocked on the door. It's like 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm already drinking. I let him in. Dun, dun. I, fell, I passed out drunk. Woke up. All my shit was gone. Tried to end my life again. Because one of the key, like, he took both my phones, whatever. Took my debit cards, whatever, dog. That shit don't, you can't use any of that shit. Like, I'm not a dumbass. You can't use none of that shit. But it was my external hard drive that was stolen. Our external hard drive had every piece of music I've made and collected. Um, I wasn't actively making music at the time, but the idea that everything I had made was gone, and it was enough. So I tried to commit suicide again. Of course, it didn't work out. Um, got back out. Um, I was on antidepressants for the first time, and I was seeing a therapist, um, and I couldn't drink. And at the time, I was really good at what I do, as in this right here, talking. Um, I was able to get, convince my therapist that I didn't really need that outpatient. I didn't really need anything substance abuse related um, because all of that substance abuse was tied directly into my depression. And once I got my depression treated, I wouldn't drink. 
science kids. Anyways, around that time, my ex-wife hit me up. Well, she didn't hit me up. She hit up my sister and my dad. I guess old dude kicked her and my daughter out. At that point, I didn't want nothing to do with her. I really didn't. Um, they told me, well, you, she need her and AD don't have a place to go. I was like, I give me AD. I don't know what the fuck she's going to do, but AD can come live with me. That's my baby right there. I got that apartment. I got a whole bunch of shit for her just waiting for the day I got her over there again. Um, they're like, no, you got to you got to take her to um, we, her and I weren't divorced yet. Um, that's your wife. Dun, dun, be a good man. I'm like, I'm not a good man. I'm a fucking trash can of a person, dog. What the fuck you mean? Anyways, I relented. Let her back in. Eventually, we decided to try the shit again. Dumbass idea. Dumbass, dumbass, dumbass idea. Um... She swore we could make it work. I only had to do one thing, not bring up any of the shit before, which I'm a petty as fuck, um, even in sobriety and as a better person. Um, and I couldn't do that um, because one there was one week in June, she called the cops on me, got me arrested. I didn't even do shit. But that bitch then fucking beat herself up, like legitimately beat herself the fuck up, made it look like I did it. I was on the phone with the homegirl Chrissy when the cops came. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to jail. Anyways, I was gone for a week at my sister's house. I came home. All my fucking shoes, hats, clothes was gone. Fine. And when she moved back in, fucking Jake the Snake Puppers was fucking gone too. So you mean to tell me that you want me to let you back in this in my house, work this shit out, try to resume our marriage, but you ain't going to tell me what the fuck happened to all my shit and my goddamn dog? Nope, not happening. So eventually the shit happened. Dun dun. I'm bringing all that shit up. Not giving a fuck. Eventually, I got fired from Starwood. Finally, not fired for things that I should have been fired for, such as drinking all the time, because my supervisor, Daryl, and my senior soup, Liz, they'd always come for me when I showed the fuck up drunk. Oh, Mike, we found some leave it out pay for you. Oh, how about you just Y-Jack today? Dun 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 dun. Hey, Look at that. You had PTO in the whole time. No, I didn't. But they would constantly, constantly find ways to keep me working without actually working because of my drinking problem. And and it was shit like that that allowed me to keep drinking as long as I did. Because no, no one gave a f- like, in the grand scheme of things, like, my friends didn't really like when I drank too much, but they would still come around. Like, Sleeping Yoli would still come around if I was drinking. My sister, her husband, would still come around if I was drinking, as long as I didn't drink too much. Which I thought at the time, I knew what it was. I didn't. So I got fired. Um, now it's back. She ain't had no job either. We sitting there, we both struggling. She get a job, she gone all the time, now she better than me. And she was. Um, she eventually runs back to the nigga. Um, nah, she fucking runs into some other dude. It's just me. Uh, she's, I don't know where the fuck she been at. She asked me if she can come back. I was like, nah, I'll be with that nigga you with. Nah, he hit me. Okay? And, bitch, I do not give a fuck. I'll hit you. Like, that's how you got me feeling out here in the streets. Be like, we're life. I'll beat the shit out you. Just for all of the shit that you keep doing to me. 
But no. She came back. I let her back in. But we weren't going to work it out. I told her straight the fuck. I was like, nah, you don't get to do all this shit. Like, from day one, I ain't a cheater. Dun, dun, dun. So since day one, all it's been me. Just you. It's just been you in my life. Now, when we fucking separated and I was over at Millennium Street, I was fucking mad hoes. But we wasn't together then. And like Kanye said, hope you're having a good time. Because I'll definitely be having mine. But the nigga beat her ass in front of my daughter. That's the only reason why she told me. And I was like, did he touch 80? No. I don't give a fuck that nigga. I don't give a fuck. Bitch, what the fuck? I'm supposed to save you? Like, bitch, no, nah, I'm not going to go around fighting every nigga that punch you in the face. I don't give a fuck about you like that. Shit, I don't even go around chasing niggas that used to beat up my sister. What the fuck? I'm a, nah, ho. Anyway, so she came back in. And she would leave me with 80 all the fucking time. Never knew where the fuck she was at. Just me and 80. Um, and, of course, I was still heavy drinking then. Um, managed to get me a job at AT&T again. Um, I showed up smelling like beer once. Now, that's the one first time I got in trouble for it. I actually was not drunk that day. I didn't even drink that day. But I drank uh, six 24-ounce cans of that fucking Ice House Edge the night before. And that shit do not come off you. Like, I don't even know why they make that. That shit do not come off you. I drank till I passed out. Woke up reasonable time like I used to do. Take a shower. Nah, they was like, Mike, you drunk right now? I was like, no, I'm not. Turns out I probably was still drunk. But I ain't feel drunk because I felt normal. Um, People were tired of bringing me booze and shit. So one time I left 80 at the house um, by herself. I put her down for a nap, walked about a mile and a half to look store and a mile and a half back, came back. As soon as I opened up the bedroom door, 80 stood up. So I don't even know if she took a fucking nap or not. But that's that weird fucked up shit I did as a drunk. Like, y'all don't really understand. Like, that shit had me just like, you know, Crack got some of your uncles. Or meth got a nigga you went to school with. Or them pills got some. This is how I had me. And I never in a million years thought this would happen to me. Never, never, never thought that uh, booze would do this to me. Um, But that's 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 the thing with booze, man. Um, That's the thing with alcohol. Um, You're told not to drink and drive. Shit like that. Because not everybody, no, not everybody is an alcoholic. Just because you drink doesn't mean that you're gonna end up dependent on it. It ain't like fucking crack or meth, which is always a bad idea. You don't fucking try crack one time. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to like you're not gonna walk into an Applebee's and order crack just to see how. No, nigga, you ain't gonna do anything like that. That's not how this shit work. But booze took me, y'all, and it's fucking sucks. Anyway, so I drank my apartment away, and my sister let me back in even though she didn't want to. One rule, don't drink. Fuck you, Tasha. Do what I want. Got drunk over and over again. Eventually, she kicked me back out. Um, um, Melinda's mom let me stay for a little bit, but all I did was just drink and not do shit, so she kicked me out. Moved in to Melinda's grandma's. Did that shit. Same deal. Actually, sold her grandma's pills. 
Um, I still owe them an amends. It's been two years since I've seen them, and I, I still can't do it. I don't know. They say it gets easier over time, but nah. And then February 9th, 2018, I tried to kill myself. And I swore up and down this would be the last time. Broke into my old apartment, tried to slip my wrist. It ain't work. Well, I was in my apartment and I was hungry. So um, the Elms is really bad with clearing shit out, too. So, um, I mean, all my shit was still there. I cooked some ramen noodles. Um,. That the mice had um, that the mice had clearly gone to some of the packs, but had enough packs in there. Electricity was still on, um, because I used Solo's name to put it in there, and I had turned it off, and it was is the cold weather months. Anyways, tried to jump off a bridge. I was so high on Kalan pins, I stole from Melinda's grandma, and drunk on hundred proof vodka that I thought I was jumping over the bridge. I didn't end up jumped into some cops, went to ICU, stayed there a couple days, and they moved me to Good Shepherd. Um, I wanted, I did the right thing with the medicine this time, but I knew I didn't have a place to go when I left there. So I kept saying my medicine didn't work. We need to do this. Um, after a week, they caught on. Um, so they gave me a couple options. Option one was the mission, which was not going to work for me. It is a fucking dirty, scary place. Um, option two, they found an Oxford house for me, but at the time, Oxford house would have been too much work. Option three was the Wichita Fellowship Club. At the time, you didn't need money to move in. Now you need to pay $100. But back then, um, it's, a ha- it's a halfway house for drunks. Um, and they took me in. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to be sober or not, um, but Good Shepherd also had me an uh, inpatient bed, and I had to wait. I had to wait for um, so I figured I'd go to WFC, um, and when my, uh, when rehab opened up, I'll just go do that. It's what my plan was. Um, through WFC, got a familiar with, um, they have, they hold AA meetings there. Um, it's the home of the beginners group, which is the group I still attend to this day. Um, and I got into AA. Um, if you live there, you really don't have a choice. Um, it's a not, we call it at 90 and 90, but it's more than that. Cause you got a meeting, um, one meeting, uh, Monday through Saturday, <laughs> two meetings on Sunday. Um, but I did it. And then I started seeing how AA worked for other people. And honestly, I wasn't going to give it a shot. I really was not buying into that, but I legitimately had nowhere to go at all. So within the first three weeks being there, um, Tasha, had brought me my clothes, told me she loved me, and all that shit was dead. She didn't, like, it legitimately was dead. My dad had been helping me along the way, so dad was back. Um, and then I got a job at Coleman. Not really the greatest, but and I hated every moment of my day there, but you need to have a job to live at WFC. So I got one. I needed something to do. It gave me that. And yeah, it is actually fucking amazing. Um, just and that's all AA, man. Um, I know in the black community we don't um we don't mental health enough. Uh 
you know, niggas had known that I had a drinking problem. Their advice was, hey, Mike, just stop drinking. Hey, bitch, suck a dick. This shit don't work for me. I fucking try to not drink. You, It don't work for me. It fucking legitimately didn't. Because when it did work, I just go right back to drinking. Like, it all the fucking time. Like, Facebook got the memories and shit. And in the memories, I could see when I get excited back in 2012. Hey, I didn't have a drink for 30 days, guys. See, I'm not an alcoholic. An alcoholic fucking can't go that long. I'm going to go back to drinking. Because I'm. Fu- that's how alcohol mind works. You just prove to yourself that you don't need a drink that day. And then you just keep drinking every day. Because you've already got it in your mind that you can stop. It ain't a fucking problem. Eventually, fucking got fired from Coleman. Um... Two weeks later, I got the job I have now. Not going to tell you where I work, but only because this podcast going out there, and I be saying some questionable shit, and I be seeing how y'all be killing niggas. Now, you ain't going to fucking post my info on the internet and tell people where I work, and now I'm fucking trying to explain HR why I call white people color redacted. Mm -mm, Not today. Not today. Um, eventually I moved into the auction house I'm at now. Been here since Labor Day 2018. But I got all this by, you know, AA. Like, straight up and down. Special program of AA. It's fucking crazy. Um, it's Alcoholics Anonymous, if you don't know. Um, the announcements part is for the other people that I go to AA. Well, I don't give a fuck. I ain't anonymous as shit. I'm gonna tell y'all all about AA, because that shit saved me. And I'm cool as fuck. Ergo... I can make AA cool as fuck. That's just my logic. I don't give a fuck. One of y'all niggas out there that be drinking too much, and E&J, black and mild ass niggas, gonna be like, yo, I need to stop this. You gonna come to AA, and you gonna see me and be like, oh, shit, this shit is lit. Uh, that's my goal. But we got the big book. And I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read a portion from it right now for you folks. Um, Because we got something called... The Promises. It's on page 83 at the bottom of the big book. And it goes as follows. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we shall know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are fulfilled among they are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Now that if we work for them is fucking the <laughs> key key to all that. If we work for them. Um so it's kind of like the old saying faith, uh, faith without works is dead. Um, so as long as I stay sober, sure, if I stay sober, like, I decrease the chance of bad thing happen. But I still got to work on my steps. I still got to do all this other shit. Because that's what got me here. 
Um, and I, I live a life better than I deserve. I say that all the fucking time. Um, I shouldn't have been dead. Like, people fucking trust me. My fucking fiance, Emily, thinks I'm the greatest fucking thing in life. Her kid, Sim, does. I was like, yo, I'm trash, like, in real life. Like, no, you're fucking awesome. I mean, I did do a song called I'm Fucking Awesome. But in real life, I'm not. I'm really good at my fucking job, and which is crazy. Um, like, I'm really good at my job sober. Like, I've always been pretty okay at jobs or good at my job in spite of myself. Like, yo, know, Mike is really good at his job, for, you know, all things considering. And all things considering is... That nigga smells like vodka right now. But, yeah, man. Um, yo, I lived a fucking traumatic fucking life. And as far as um, in this year alone, like, I'm working to get my license back. I'm almost there. Um, like, every last dime I owe for my license. My license has been suspended since 2012. I've had money in the past. I could have been took care of shit. But I don't give a fuck. Um, I had no problem. Like my idea was like I I got insurance, I got a car. If I get pulled over, I got money. Like that's my idea. It's never been, hey Mike, how about you get this fixed so shit like this doesn't happen. It's always been like, oh, I'm prepared if it does. Um My credit score jumped forty fucking points, y'all. I went from very poor credit to just poor. I y'all I'm moving up. Fuck y'all. I don't give a fuck how y'all good credit niggas feel. I'm doing great. Shit, I don't know, man. I'm feeling good. Might apply for a Sears card. You don't know. You don't know. I might. Maybe I need to go to Sears. I don't think Sears is still open. No, it's not. Fuck. And I know I got friendships. The only thing, the only key component in my life that's missing is I haven't been able to talk to or see my daughter in over two years. Um... And that's a hole in my heart. I'm not going to lie. And it makes me sad a lot. Um, and step three is turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So I've been letting, I've been letting God work on this. Um, giving her mom a chance to see the man I am now. Make her mom feel comfortable with me seeing my daughter. Still waiting on it. Um, we'll see though. Um, this I got the podcast on Spotify now, and that's fucking legit. Um, I got twenty pairs of shoes that all look nice, and thirty-one hats. Now you motherfuckers might be like, that doesn't fucking matter. It matters to me. When I February twenty-third or fourth, whenever I checked into WFC, I had a fucking sack of a brown sack of clothes that I got from the goddamn clothes closet from Good Shepherd. Niggas ain't have shit. Now I'm fucking balling, nigga. Like I ain't had to borrow no money from nobody. When I lived at WFC, I'd fucking bump cigarettes, and when I had money for cigarettes, I'd go fucking buy the three-dollar pack. Bullshit ass fucking equal 20s or this camel menthol life again all day. Nigga, I got three packs on Degaton, son. I ain't had to ask for a dollar in a long fucking time. Now, for you regular people, fine. That shit's normal for y'all. But my life ain't normal. I'm not a normal person. I'm fucked the fuck up. So it's a blessing. It's fucking beautiful. 
And I pray that I never go back. Like, I fucking do not. Like, I don't miss drinking. That's a goddamn lie. I, sometimes I do. Yo, Southern Comfort was fucking delicious. I can't even pretend that it wasn't. Like, that shit is good. Oh, you think I just drank fucking fifths of SoCo a day just because it was fucking terrible? Nah, nigga, that shit is delicious. Now, the Pints 100 Proof Vodka that I was drinking before I got sober, fucking terrible, gross, but I literally needed alcohol to not fucking seize out, to not shake anymore. That's how bad it was. I was that motherfucker in front of your quick trip and your liquor store asking for change. That was your boy Mike Game out here living that life. Now, I got Kobe Bryant throwback jerseys that I had before he died. You know what I mean? I got fucking Vince Carter throwbacks. Like, dog, I just, ugh, it's disgusting. I spent $200 weekly on shoes. It's fucking lit out here, fam. All because of AA. Like, I got a great fucking job. I'm not even close to being fired. I don't got no write-ups at work. It's fucking legit. I'm about to be there for two years in fucking July. Like, Jesus goddamn Christ. But, like I said, it it the sobriety has the journey hasn't always been easy. It's actually fucking hard. Um, you know, you gotta find a sponsor, which I did. It took me I didn't get a sponsor till like six months sober. According to him, I was miserable all those first six months. But I beg to differ. He barely even talked to me. He didn't talk to me for like my first four and a half months sober. He didn't even talk to me, so he doesn't know how I was feeling. Alex. But I got a good life. Now, I'm supposed to be sponsoring people, but I can't do it. These motherfuckers will go to meetings every day, but forget, forget, forget the not drinking or using between meeting parts. Like, it's fucking hard. It's foreign to them. My last sponsee was a black dude who smoked meth. Again. I love me some white girls, but some of y'all need to choose the white girls y'all fuck with a little bit better. Like, as black people, we need to let the Yakubians smoke their poison alone. We don't need to join them in smoking meth, guys. We can go back to our nigga shit. We got crack. We've been rocking crack for like 35 years. That's us. That's a black person. Fuck your life up, drug. Let the white people have meth. Or we can all share heroin. i I prefer nobody does drugs, but hey. And then, like, my friends now, some of them are still scared to come around me because I don't drink, and they still do. I'm like, motherfucker, the world don't stop drinking because I did. I mean, there is some liquor stores that I frequent a lot that are out of business now. Is it because I quit drinking? Who knows? Is it a coincidence? I I think not. Is the, I think now that my game don't come in your spot, you ain't got no motherfucking money no more. That's what I'm going to say. But that's just me, y'all. But I wanted to do a, this is actually a good good idea of doing just a podcast with just myself. Um, because I know if y'all stay listening to this podcast long enough, y'all would um be like, God damn it, all Mike talks about is being sober now. Yeah, I do, bitch. It's fucking great. Did you listen to fucking ten years of my game music before this? All it was was getting drunk and killing yourself at the end. Now all the kids nowadays are doing it. God. Damn it. Since I heard Lil Izuver talk about push, all my friends are dead, push me to the edge. Like, oh, so we're going to steal my whole swagger? 
you bitch ass nigga. Well, I'm going to close this thing out. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I'm going to play the song by Macklemore called Starting Over. Um, Macklemore is actually a really dope artist. Um, he was corny for what he did, uh, apologizing to uh, Kendrick for winning that Grammy. But this song was on that album, The Highest That He Won For. And it's a really fucking dope song. And it moves me. But this is legitimately how it feels in recovery and why I can't fuck up. So here y'all go. One, two, now. Those three plus years I was so proud of. And I threw them all away for two styrofoam cups. The irony. Everyone will think that he lied to me Made my sobriety so public there's no fucking privacy If I don't talk about it then I carry a date A 08-10-08 Then now it's been changed And every one that put me in some boxes is saying That I never was Just a false prophet that never came And will they think that everything that I've written has all been fake Or will I just take my slip to the grave? Uh. What the fuck are my parents gonna say? The success story that got his life together and changed And you know what pain looks like When you tell your dad you relapsed And look him directly into his face The seat on your shoulders, deceivingly heavy weight Haven't seen tears like this on my girl In a while the trust that I once built's been betrayed But I'd rather live telling the truth Than be judged for my mistakes Than falsely held up Giving props, loved, and praised I guess I gotta get this on the page Feeling Sick and helpless, lost the compass where soap is I know what I gotta do, and I can't help it One day at a time is what they tell us Now I gotta find a way to tell them God help them Yeah, one day at a time is what they tell us Now I gotta find a way to tell them To me, I'm booking up that door, but before I can make it, somebody stops me and says, are you Macklemore? Maybe this isn't the place or time, I just wanted to say that, if it wasn't for other side, I wouldn't have made it. I just look down at the ground and say, thank you. She tells me she has nine months and that she's so grateful, tears in her eyes, looking like she's gonna cry, fuck, I barely got 48 hours, treated like I'm some wise monk. I wanna tell her I relapsed, but I can't, I just shake her hand and tell her congrats. Back to my car, and I think I'm tripping, yeah. Cause God wrote other side, that pen was in my hand. I'm just a flawed man, man. I fucked up, duh. Like so many others, I just never thought I would. I never thought I would. Didn't pick up the book. Doing it by myself, didn't turn out that good. If I can be an example of getting sober, then I can be an example of starting over. If I can be an example of getting sober, then I can be an example of starting over. No.